0: Uh, this morning, uh, I want to introduce to you, no stranger to this house, my wife. Uh, last, first of all, I want to thank Aaron Francis for preaching for us last minute last week. Did she do a great job or what? Thank you so much. We were we were both home. Sterling was planning on. I was. I had an angry throat last weekend, and uh, so I was unable to be here. And then. Uh, Saturday uh, my wife' came down with a little fever and cough and runny nose and stuff and just didn't want to share that so uh, Aaron was willing to, to step in uh, at the last minute so but uh, so we've been believing for our own healing and walking in divine health and uh, so my wife got better this week and then uh, she had to go uh, she had a preaching uh, a, a opportunity last night and she was on the fence whether she was going to be able to make that or not. And uh, so, you know, she's just like, you know, the devil's not getting a victory in this. So she just pressed into God and just believed. And uh, last night she went and ministered. And and, uh, so she has this message that she wants to share. But I want to just prepare your hearts because this little firecracker has got a lot of grit, and uh, when the going gets tough, she doesn't back down, she gets tougher. And that's like a lot of you. You just, you know, life throws you stuff, and it's not time to back away or back up. It's time to press in. And that's the kind of lady she is. And uh, we met when we were 15 years old, and one of the things that I just purposed in my heart. My mom can verify this. Before my 16th birthday, I came home. I'm gonna tell it, I'm just telling it. (laughs) On August 3rd, I asked Sterling to be my girlfriend. And we kissed. (laughs) How was it, you ask? Woo! I just kind of floated. We lived, we lived a mile apart, you know, so it was convenient to, to walk, and I floated home. <laughs> my mom and dad were getting home from work. I hopped myself up on the counter with the biggest grin on my face, and I said, I'm marrying that girl. Well, we had some challenges along the way, but, but uh One of the things that is so powerful about her, and I'm sure you will agree, is she just exudes the love of God. She is a great woman. She's a godly woman. She has a passion for Jesus Christ more than she has a passion for me. So she does have another man in her life, and I'm okay with that. But it's her love for Jesus Christ that literally was a magnet for me to find my way with God, And to love him. And so this morning, I want you to just get on the bus as my wife just draws us close to Jesus. Would you welcome Pastor Charlene?
1: Are you floating off the stage? (laughs) Oh, well, it is a, a praise that I am up here this morning, and I'll say the only reason is, but God. But God. The little part you left out was I had recovered. I was doing amazing. And you know, when I recover, I kind of just go full steam ahead, which I was doing. And um, we were in the middle of painting our oldest daughter's bedroom because it was the one room in the house that hadn't been touched, and they're coming home for Christmas. And um, as we were painting, I could tell some symptoms were coming back on me. And uh, by the middle of the night, I knew I had a problem. And uh, that was when also I, um, some things came along, which I'll share in my, in my message, that I finally realized that the enemy was trying to take me out. And when that happens, I get mad. And it's not a bad mad, it's a righteous mad, a righteous anger that says enough is enough. An enemy, I'm going to do what you've, what God has called me to do, not what you're trying to do. So if my voice is a little deeper, I'm sorry, but you know, some people like a deep voice, so this morning get a deep voice, all right? I am very excited to share with you about a word that is in the Bible. It's something that God has taught me over the years to do, and I want to challenge you this morning to step it up a notch and grow and stretch. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. Okay, so first, let's get our Bibles, because you know me well. Everything comes from the Word. Get your Bible in the, I don't care if it's on your phone or on your iPad, but get what you have for the Word of God. Say, this is my Bible. I can have what the Word of God says I can have. I can do what the Word of God says I can do. And I am what it says I am. Father God, I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that is in this place and that is watching online. I thank you that even the sound of my voice right now that our hearts are open today to hear what you have to say. We stretch and we grow in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Well, my theme verse for what I have to say, which is the word is delight. Title of my message, delight. Psalms 37, verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall... Everybody say, he shall give you the desires of your heart. He shall give you the desires of your heart. I, uh, out of curiosity, how many in this room have started attending this church in the last three years? I want to see your hands. That is quite a few of you. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because this is going right with my message on Delight. Who is Starlene Martin? Who am I? Okay. So here you go. Here's a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Tacoma. I am the youngest of five children. I was raised in a very strict Christian home. I fell head over heels in love with God at the age of eight. I was saved at five, but I'm talking head over heels in love with the Holy Spirit at the age of eight. I met my husband at 15, which he already said. We were school su- high school sweethearts. We have been married 34 years. I know, I don't look old enough, right? <clears throat> we have two, two grown daughters. <laughs> All right, enough heckling. We have two grown daughters uh, in their twenties, they both are in love with Jesus and happily married. They both live in Phoenix, Arizona. No, I do not have grandkids. I have fur baby kids. Uh, pets are everything to us. In fact, we're we're we are expecting. I don't know if y'all know, but we have. You know, there's somebody else in this church who they're. Their boy dog and our girl dog, we purposely got them married and got together, and we're having puppies for Christmas. Can't wait. But our grown daughters are also so excited about their fur babies. So, no, we don't have grandkids. We just have fur babies, and they are everything to us. Um, Yes, we did found Inspiration Bible Church Uh, in about three weeks. We're celebrating that, and it will be 22 years of Inspiration Bible Church. Yep. Uh, And and a church that we are honored to pastor and honored to pastor. Uh, Before you start thinking Starlene Martin has the perfect little life, I have gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay? I have, yes, I am old enough to have gone through some stuff. In my family, I have experienced alcoholism, suicide, divorce, life-threatening accidents, and recovery. Yeah, even me with the, you think I have a halo over my head. I have experienced that in my family life. But who really is Starlene? Those things have happened to me, but who am I? Who's at the core of Starlene? Well, first off, Starlene's a church girl. I have an addiction. I'm addicted to church. I love everything about church. I love the worship. I love the word. I love the preaching. I love the events. I love the friends. I have a lot of you, I mean, You're my buddies, right? I love everything about church. I'm addicted to church. So I am a church girl, but at the core of Starlene, who makes up what's in here? See, if I just depended on you to bring me joy and delight, I would be sadly sorry. Why? Because do you know that every one of us can let each other down? including your spouse. I adore my spouse. But do you know that if I if I depended completely on him, I would suck the life out of him. It, it's true. We all have funny habits, idiosyncrasies, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I looked up the word um, I was looking up synonyms for idiosyncrasies and everything, and I found funny things. And you know what it pretty much boils down to? We're all just weird. The, the core of every one of us, and I want to endeavor to teach us this morning, that the core of us has got to learn how to delight in the Lord. Because the only way that I am what everything he said I am, a little firecracker and all that, is because I have learned how to delight in the Lord. That is who Starlene is. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are everything to me. They are my life. They are my lifeline. They are everything to me. And even though I have a healthy, wonderful marriage, He isn't number one. The Holy Spirit in my life is my lifeline. He is who I run to because if I just always run to him, he's going to be like, I'm exhausted. I, I I can't help you anymore. And he can't. The Holy Spirit is my delight. He is what gets me out of bed. Honestly, he is the one. I am standing right here today because of him because i'm being obedient to him and because i love him so much delight i believe that most of you and even those watching online most of us in this room and if you're watching live it's probably cuz you love god and some of you may not know god but you can love god but do you know how to delight in god there is a difference you can love God. I believe a lot of us love God. But I believe that a lot of the body of Christ don't have a clue what I'm even talking about. You don't know how to delight in God. I put down this, delight is love having fun. I'll say it again. Delight is love having fun. Do you know that you can have fun with God? And I'm talking your personal time with him. Do you, do you have fun when you open your Bible? Do you have fun when you talk to God? Or is it all, woe is me? And <laughs> if you're not having fun, do you really think God's having fun? It's a relationship in your relationships, if all you do in in a certain relationship is just cry and 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 yang yeah, yang yeah, yang. Yeah, do you think that relationship is fun? No, well it's the same way with God to delight in God is not just all your woes sometimes we we think the, and this is this is for the body of Christ at whole. we come to God and we just give him all our yuck and we cry and we squabble and we act like a little two-year-old honestly and then we leave and we just leave it there and we go about our miserable selves and God there's no fun involved because we haven't learned to have fun with God to delight in God and for God to delight in us we don't have this fun relationship so I want us this morning to be able to figure out through the word of God how to have fun with God because it really is possible, church. It really is. You know, there's hurts in lives, but you can be in the middle of hurting in life. And my husband, he cracks me up because he, he just loves when I see a sunrise or a sunset. Believe it or not, I have started to see some sunrises. I know. I know. I'm a night owl, and I love sunsets instead of sunrises. But I have seen sunrises too. You, you can. Oh, this time of year it's really easy, actually, to see the sunrise. Uh, but when I see a sunrise or a sunset, I don't just see a sunrise or sunset. I see God. My heart leaps within me in delight when I see a sunrise and a sunset. I'm like, God, you are so cool. That's gorgeous. That's literally what's going through my head or actually coming out of my mouth. You are gorgeous. I'm in awe of how cool and amazing God is. That's delight. Okay, Proverbs Thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. What did you hope for? We're coming to the close of a year. What did you hope for the course of this last year? Were you hoping to get married? That didn't happen. Were you hoping to have a baby? That didn't happen. Were you hoping for this amazing raise and that you'd be making this amount of money and that didn't happen? What... Hope did you have in 2022 that didn't come to pass? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is your hope in? Because if your hope is in that this is going to finally make me have delight. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but... You've probably already figured it out. That didn't make you happy. If I can just have this, I'll be happy. I'm here to tell you, and most of you have already figured it out, once you get it, it's not going to make you happy. Because if you're not happy before you get married, you are definitely not going to be happy after marriage. There's a lot of amens on that one. If you aren't happy before you have a baby, you're definitely not going to be happy after you have a baby. And it is the truth. Because circumstances and things in your life, if that's what you're depending on for your happiness, you are going to be sorely disappointed. The thing in your life that is going to truly bring you that happiness, that delight, is when you learn how to have your hope in God. God. When you have a relationship with him where you can have fun together with him, where you can chuckle with him together, where you have a delight in the Abba, Heavenly Father, and the Holy Spirit, that will never let you down. I can guarantee it. It will never let you down. What didn't come through for you? Who didn't come through for you? Yeah, you heard me. People let us down. But the more we enjoy God, the more you will enjoy others. Okay, we're getting ready for Christmas, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I think it is a natural tendency for all of us to have this utopia in, in our brains of what Christmas looks like. Let me give you an example. In our brains, we see all of our family coming together, and it's the most blissful thing. And everybody agrees on everything, and everybody does what you want them to do, and everybody says what you want them to say. And it's this most amazing, glorious time together. It's a fantasy. It's a hallmark in our brain of everything just being so blissful and amazing and it's Christmas and, you know, but here's the reality. We, I don't care even if you do agree as a family on most things, you are a different person and they're a different person and they are not going to think exactly how you think. They're not even going to have the same habits as you. So, yes, I'm so excited. Both my daughters are coming home. My son-in-laws, we're all going to be in the house together. We're so excited. Do I have this in my brain that everything's perfect? Oh, of course. I'm just like you. Everything's going to be amazing. Here's the reality. They've been out of the house now. They have their own habits. They have their own rituals. And they do things different than I do now because they don't live in my house. And when they come home, I'm probably going to be like, what are they doing that for? that's weird. Why? Because we're different. I had this wise person tell me years ago, and I did not understand it. In fact, I, my brain just couldn't even comprehend it when they told me this. And they said, oh, honey. And they called me Pastor Starlene at the time. Okay, I'll just tell on them because some of you know this individual. It was Kathy Converse. She said, let me tell you something, sweetheart. This is when my girls were still in the house. She said, you're going to cry your eyes out when they leave the house. You're going to think the world has come to an end. But it hasn't. It gets better. And I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, it does. And she goes, and once once you figure out life's getting better, she goes, then... They're going to say they're coming home to visit. And you're going to be like, they're coming home. And she goes, you're going to have this, like, oh, you cannot wait. You're counting down the days. And they're with you. And you do have fun. But as soon as they leave, she goes, you're going to look at your husband and go, thank God they're gone. I literally, I thought, and if you're watching, girls, I thought. She's off her rocker. That is not happening to me. She was a wise woman. I know what she, not that I don't adore my daughters and adore my son-in-laws, but we all do life differently now. And so they cannot bring the delight in my life. Your family members cannot give you the delight you're looking for. Don't put that expectation on them. They can't be what you need them to be. Your spouse cannot be everything you think they need to be. There is only one individual who can do that, and his name is Jesus. Only one individual and and the Holy Spirit coming alongside you. That is the only person who can do that for you. And the sooner you figure that out, the better off you'll be. Ephesians 4 verse 1 and 2 says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Okay, I'm going to go back to that. Be patient with each other. The holidays are coming. You're getting together with extended family. Can you just be patient? Can you just give them grace? Can you just let things roll off your shoulders? They're not going to be exactly like you. They're not going to think like you think. They have different ideas than you. That's okay. Give it to God. Now, some of you are like, but you don't understand my family. They think like like over here. That's okay. Let God help them, not you. You don't have to be their judge. You don't have to be their Bible thumper. You can pray people into their lives who know God's word and who are going to help them. The biggest thing you can do is set yourself free from thinking you are in charge of them. I have family members who, you know, extended family members who aren't serving God. I have extended family members who I go, whoa. I'm on this... I'm, on the same, I'm in the same boat as you. We all probably have those. But I'm not their judge, and I'm not their Holy Spirit. And the sooner you figure that out, the more delight you're going to have at the holidays because you're going to let things roll. When they say something that is like pushing your button, you know what I'm talking about? Don't let it push your button. Let it go. Delight in God. You know when you do this, you become less needy? When you find delight in God, you are a less needy person. You don't suck the life out of all your friends and family because you're not needy. You don't need them to affirm you or tell you how amazing you are. You get that from God. You know you're funner to be around too. When you have delighted in God, you become a funner person to be around. <laughs> oh, dear. This heckling from the front row is something else. <sighs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little story. And then if there's somebody watching, here you go. Thursday night, painting my daughter's bedroom, and I could feel the symptoms coming on, and uh, my uh, alerts were on my phone. Many times I turned them off, but they happened to be on, and I saw a message come through on Messenger from an individual. I've actually never had a face-to-face conversation, but we've known who each other is for years. We've had a mutual respect for each other for years. Um... Know the same people, yada, yada, yada. And uh, the message came through. You really, and I'm not even going to list the preacher that they said for me to listen to because I don't want y'all looking up this preacher. They said, You really need to listen to this preacher and what he has to say about women teaching the Bible. You're out of place. I'd love to tell you that it didn't affect me. But I was at a vulnerable spot. I'm going to help some of you here. When you're at a vulnerable spot, I was feeling the symptoms for the second time, the relapse coming on me. I I was in a vulnerable place. And then as the night went on, the symptoms increased. I mean, very, very increased. And all I could do was hear this individual's message to me that as a woman, I was not allowed to teach the Bible. Now, granted, I've already studied the subject. If I'm going to teach the Bible, then I'm going to study the subject. I have studied the subject very much. I was called at 17, and at 17, the denomination I was in still was kind of like, "Yeah, we don't know about women. And so I, even though I I went to a Bible school right after high school, I thought I can never be in the ministry because I'm a woman. And so I was pursuing to be just a a school teacher because I thought that's the only thing I could do. Even though I knew at 17, I heard God tell me to teach the Bible. I knew I'd been called into ministry. But I, like, what do I do with this? this? This is what society, culture says. So... I began to study, and I want to just say what what has gone on. I'm going to go there, okay? I'm going to go there. Do it. My husband is cheering me on. so thankful for a husband who supports and believes that women are somebody. Uh, So what they're doing, these individuals, is they're taking two scriptures, and they have made a whole doctrine out of it. But they don't understand anything about the culture of what What's going on? So I'm going to tell you. So Paul is is the one who has said both scriptures. One is to the Corinth church, and one is to Timothy, who was kind of like his his little brother, who was also a pastor. And there's two scriptures uh, that talk about this. And what was going on in the time and the culture of that day was women sat on one side of the church, and men sat on the other. Men women were not educated at that time. In fact. Even the men, very select men, were able to have these scriptures. Uh, you had to you had to come apart and you were given the scrolls and you were able to study the Greek and the Hebrew and the, and the scriptures, but not even all the men were able to have access to the scriptures. But the women definitely were not given access. So as the women were sat on one side of the church and the men on the other, the women would ask questions because they wouldn't understand things, and they were kind of like, you know, asking questions across. It was disruptive. It was not not going well. And so everything in the church should be done in decency and in order. And so Paul had to address it. And he said, women, you need to be silent. Be silent in the church and let the men talk. And granted, they should have. They didn't know the scriptures. They hadn't been educated. They needed to be quiet. So totally get that. But when you take the whole word of God on this subject, God loves women. Miriam, I'm just going to, I just jotted down. In fact, I did this just before I walked in the door. I just was like, I'm just going to jot down a few women here that, that if you take the whole Bible. God used Miriam. Do you all know who Miriam is? That is Moses' sister. Moses' sister was in charge of many people and directing them in God's ways. Then I wrote down Deborah. If you don't know Deborah, she was a judge, and she was a righteous judge, the Bible says. A righteous judge. God loved Deborah, and she ruled the people. How about Esther? Esther, who was called to such a time as this. She was the queen, and she not only was the queen, but God made her to be able to free God's people. Don't tell me God doesn't love women. How about Priscilla? That's in the New Testament. Priscilla was a preacher and a teacher with her husband, which is what I do. Priscilla and Aquila, they taught in the early church, they were teaching the people the things of God. Lydia, she was an entrepreneur. Man, I could go on and on. I just jotted down a couple. God affirms and loves women. And today, God, we have had the opportunity, if you live in this country, now not all countries, Affirm women still. There's still a cultural thing there, especially if you go to the Middle East. And we all know that's kind of a mess. But in America, women can study the Bible just as much as a man can. You can study the Greek and the Hebrew. I have gone to Bible school. I have studied. I did get my straight A's. But that doesn't matter. I know that God loves me and affirms me. So, as the story goes on, I'm talking back to me uh, after I got that message. I knew it was affecting me, and uh, (laughs) my husband found me crying because when your body is in a sick state and then you get attacked to the core. I was attacked to the core. I mean, I love God so much, and I want to please God so much. I want to stand. And, you know, here's the deal. I stand before God, not that person who attacked me. I have to give an account to God, not him. But at the same time, when you're attacked and your body is physically ill, my husband found me crying. And here's what a righteous man said to me right here. He said, whose report are you going to believe? God's or this man? You got a choice. You know that that man had the audacity because my husband said, do not respond to him. So I did not, but because he didn't get a response from me, that made him a little upset. So you know what he did? He private messaged my husband to tell my husband basically that I need to be quiet. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of nerve. Once again, I've, I've never had a face-to-face conversation, but I know he's been watching. If you're watching, here I am again. <laughs> <clears throat> Romans eight one. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I endeavor to walk according to the Spirit. Back to Psalms 37, my key verse. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. God's promises come with a condition. So he has promised to give you the desires of your heart, but there was a condition on the first side of it. And that condition is that you got to delight yourself in the Lord. you got to figure out how to do this. And here's the other thing that I want you to know about your desires. Do you know that when you delight in the Lord, your desires begin to change? They begin to line up with his desires. Your desires. Now, some of you, if you're not delighting in the Lord, you're like, oh, honey, you don't understand my desires. They're not very righteous. They're not very godly. Some of you have addictions. They're not very lovely. But you desire it. You desire it. But do you know that when you start delighting in the Lord, your desires change? When I was a teenager, I didn't have those rebellious years. Why? Because I was delighting in the Lord as a teenager. I had figured out wow, it is so good to see you guys. Wow, sorry, I got distracted. Welcome home. But my desires changed as a teenager. I wanted to please him. Now, I knew the flesh side of me, and I knew that I had flesh that had desires. And if I didn't delight in the Lord, the flesh would get in the way. I was fully aware of that as a teenager. I liked boys a lot. I'm just saying, you can take your brain there. I was I had a flesh side of me that really was like mm. but the delighting in the Lord went uh-uh I had a line in the sand and we will not cross that line. I was able to get married to my husband as a pure woman. I know that's not very uh common nowadays. But I married my husband out of purity because I had a line in the sand that said, I delight in the Lord, and I will do exactly what God has said. I will live a pure life. And we will have a, we dated for years. Do you know how hard that is? Come on, I'm just saying. Years. We met young. But I had a line in the sand because I wanted to, Please, God, I delighted in the Lord daily. I, I wanted the, I wanted to be me and Jesus first. And that is the only reason that I got married pure. Now, I'm not saying condemnation. I would venture to say there's many in this room that go, oh, honey, I don't got that testimony. That's okay. That's Thank God we live under grace, right? We live under the age of grace where God... You can ask for forgiveness and you are cleansed and forgiven and free. Praise God. But I'm talking about delighting in the Lord so that your desires change. So you can save yourself some heartache. Do you know that? That when you delight in the Lord, you save yourself a whole lot of trouble. I want you to think back to when you first... If you are married in this room, when you first started dating your husband, do you remember how you did anything just to be with them? Okay, funny story. So Greg and I were 17 at the time, and I was the lead teacher at my church for the four- to six-year-olds. And there was about 20 of them. And um, there were a lot in that class who, let's just say it was a challenge, we had kids that would be licking the table, kids that wanted to take the color crayons and color the wall. I mean, it was quite the classroom. And I was lead teacher, and I was losing with 20 kids, and I didn't have a helper. And so so the, the person above me said, you need a helper in your class. I said, boy, do I ever. And uh, they said, who do you want? I said... How about Greg, Greg Martin? And they said, sure, ask him. Well, because Greg was delighted to be with Starlene, he said, sure, I'll do it. I get to be with you, why not? (laughs) I will never forget after the first class we did together, the kids exited the room and this was literally Greg. That was exhausting. Holy cow, how often do we do this? And I'm like, well, quite a bit. He's like, only for you, because I want to be with you. And he did. We did it for about a year. Why do I say that? Because he was delighted to be with me. Now, let me give you another story. When I met my husband, I had never gone on a hike in my life. My family didn't do that, we didn't hike. His family, they hiked since he was a toddler. I mean, that's just what you did. So I wanted to be with him. I I delighted to be with him. So guess what I did? You put a backpack on and you go up a hill and you're panting and heathen, but I delighted to be with him, so this is what I do. I'm delighting in hiking, overnight hiking with sores on my back. But I was delighted because I was with him. Why do I tell you those stories? Because when you delight with the Lord, your desires change. Do you know that I love hiking now? Why? Because I did it so much that now I I find delight in it. See, when you hang out with Jesus and you hang out with the Holy Spirit, things that you thought you would never do or never like, you begin to desire them. Because the closer you get to God, the more your desires change. And you find yourself doing things you never thought you'd do. Why? Because you're just delighted to be with God. We're on a journey, God. Here we go. You're delighted. The other thing is, after I had delighted with with Greg in dating, then the next verse comes, and the next verse in in Psalm 37 says, in verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Do you know that after I had delighted with Greg for five years, I committed to him. After I had spent time with him, I said, At the altar, I commit to you. Do you know when you delight with the Lord and your desires begin to change, commitment wells up within you. God, I commit myself to you. Because there are going to be bumps along life's journey. Remember I told you I've gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly? There are bumps in this thing called life. This journey has bumps, and some of them are bumps big bumps. Yeah, you know, some of you have already gone through a few bumps. I've gone through some bumps in life, things that that are heart-wrenching, things that you feel like if someone stabbed me with a knife, I think it would hurt less. I've been there, but I know that I know I have a commitment to my Abba, Heavenly Father, and I'm so in love with him that he's going to get me through the bumps. Because then we get back to the delight time. We get back to the times we're together and it's, it's, it's Jesus and coffee and me. I'm delighting in you, Jesus. I'm delighting in you, Holy Spirit. Joe, would, is Joe back there? Could you put that music on that you sent me yesterday? I want to read to you a letter that my husband wrote yesterday morning to me. I didn't see Greg really yesterday. Um, He left early to get down to the church, and he said, I want you to rest because I was planning on speaking last night, which I did. And he knew the battle I was in. And he wrote me a, a letter, and I've asked permission to share, and he has given me permission And here's the letter. It says, hi, sweetie. I just wanted to let you know I love you and I'm so, so proud of you. As you go to minister to God's girls, girl, last night I was ministering to women, it has become evident that there is something very important that must be imparted. It was made clear to me yesterday morning as I was painting and praying for you to be made well and to be full of strength. It is clear the devil does not want you speaking. You are in a battle for your health and you're fighting to stay strong enough to preach. Then someone from your past that you had a level of respect for sent you a nasty gram. This time of year, you expected a Merry Christmas or hope you and your family enjoy one another this Christmas. Instead, you got a note to say, shut up. I know that is not God's plan for you at all. I love preaching with you and hearing you minister by yourself. You have always shined the love of Jesus and you've always drawn people to a closer relationship with him. So yes, those two attacks are from the pit of hell. Even from the beginning, the devil has hated women. In Genesis three fifteen, it says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. I believe for some reason there's a real breakthrough for someone. The devil's going to be defeated in someone's life, and you're the vessel to deliver the victory punch. Mary, the mother of Jesus, I'm sure, had to focus hard on delighting in the promises of God. When it was not fun and it was not comfortable, she humbly said yes to God and faced the hostility of her culture, being pregnant outside of marriage. To tell people that she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit, although it was true, must have sounded like a ridiculous lie. May I have a tissue, please? Speculating, her family and friends, thank you, love, speculating her family and friends other than her aunt must have shunned her. No doubt there were no baby showers, no celebrations, no big reveal announcement. I bet her public pregnancy was kept a secret and she had to deal with it in private. However, her joy, quotation, delight, was in how God was going to use her to bring the Savior into the world. God had seen fit to use her in the most powerful way to save a lost world that needed hope. I can only imagine how the Holy Spirit must have become so real to her that his presence was such a comfort and a strength and a delight. So, now he's back to me. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are a daughter of the Most High. You delight yourself in him and you have a message to deliver. You will not shut up, give up, or let up because you are fed up with the devil's nonsense in your life and in the lives of others. I love you, Greg. Would you stand? you just bow your heads in the presence of God here. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you so much for your sweet presence in this place. There are individuals in this room and listening by the sound of my voice who you've had hope deferred, and it has actually made you sick. This morning, the Holy Spirit is calling you and wooing you to learn how to delight in him so that the desires of your heart will be his desires and fulfilled. If you're in this room or you're listening or watching and you're not right with God, today's your day. Today's your day. I want you to simply just, right now, lift your hands towards heaven and say, God, count me in. I need, to, I need to make things right. Come on, all over this room, you need to make things right with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're watching online. You need to get right with God. Today's your day. I want you to reach your hands towards heaven right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer. Everyone in this room, say it with me. Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus who came for me where I have fallen short of your best. And I ask today that you would be in charge. I surrender it all to you. You have it all. Forgive me, cleanse me, and make me new in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed. There's believers in this room. God's calling you to step it up a notch. It's time for you to delight in the Lord daily. Have fun with God. Laugh, giggle, enjoy. If you're saying, God, that's me. I will step it up a notch. Would you lift your hands towards heaven all over this room? Heavenly Father, I join with them with my hands raised, and I say I will delight in you. I will learn from you. I will hear from you. I will draw strength from you. I will do everything you've told me to do, whether I'm on the job or in the, in the workplace, in the office, wherever my feet may go. I will have delighted in you, and what comes out of me is delight because you are inside of me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for amazing your people this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for overwhelming them with your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing yourself to them individually. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are calling many by name and saying, I love you. I love you. I delight in you, not delight in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen, amen.